Welcome to the Macmillan Report. I'm Marilyn Wilkes, your host, and our guest is David Jackson, professor of Spanish and Portuguese at Yale. Professor Jackson's research interests focus on Portuguese and Brazilian literatures, modernist and inter-arts literature, Portuguese culture in Asia, and ethnomusicology. He has written and edited several books and numerous other publications. Today we'll talk with Professor Jackson about his forthcoming book, Adverse Genres in Fernando Pessoa. Welcome, Professor Jackson. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell me, who is Fernando Pessoa? Fernando Pessoa was a Portuguese writer active in the first decades of the 20th century uh, who is a very unusual figure. He's been called the man who never was uh, for several reasons, but mainly because he sacrificed uh, normal life for a literary project. In other words, he lived uh, for his literary creations. Mm -hmm. uh, he was also unusual because he was brought up in South Africa uh, in English, and his main literary influences are at first through English literature, and also because, for personal reasons, he divided his work into numerous personalities that he called heteronyms, uh, who were other writers uh, to whom he gave complete biographies and horoscopes, each of whom wrote in a different genre. And this fragmented universe constitutes uh, his work. Um, he almost had no biography, and, but there is one written by a French writer that's called Strange Stranger, mm -hmm. which gives some idea of the uh, rather occult and reclusive figure that Fernando Pessoa was. He never married. Uh, he worked uh, doing commercial um, translation for correspondence, uh, just enough to finance his literary projects. And he lived in a series of rented rooms in Lisbon after his return there in 1905, until his death in 1935 without virtually having ever left the city. Uh, yet he lived uh, universally in his imagination. Uh, so for that extent, uh, to that extent, he's a fascinating figure. Uh, much better known, of course, in translation throughout Europe. Uh, still somewhat of a cult figure in the United States because of the lack of um, good or enough translations. But nonetheless, he appears on pages of the uh, New Yorker and New York Review of Books. And uh, there are many more uh, uh, English readers who are now interested in his works. Okay, he sounds like a fascinating individual. How did you come to write a book about him? Uh, this is a long story. When I was a graduate student, of course, I took seminars on Fernando Pessoa with the great Portuguese critic and writer Jorge de Sena at the University of Wisconsin. And since Pessoa is one of the big literary names in uh, the literatures of Portuguese language, um, I taught seminars on his work uh, from my earliest days as a professor. Uh, and uh, so uh, that's really what led me uh, to the idea of writing a book about his, uh, about his life and works. Okay. In your book's title, um, you use the term adverse genres. What do you mean by that? This is going to sound like the title of a Yale professor. Uh, I invented the term, but the term came out of my reading of his works. And the idea of adverse genre is that of a writer who uses a particular genre, like an ode or a sonnet or a lyrical poem, uh, yet who fills it with content that doesn't belong to the genre, uh, that's dramatically imported, as it were, from another kind of genre. So we might have a, a lyric poet poem written dramatically, for example. Uh, and uh, Pessoa's work uh, is full of these examples. Uh, his various heteronyms or personalities that he invented to write uh, each select different genres from the tradition of uh, Western literature. But the expression is not one that belongs uh, really to the genre that's selected. Uh, I found a very interesting thesis done at Yale on Mozart which makes the point that Mozart changed the classical uh, uh, genre uh, by injecting uh, um, 
motifs from German opera from other sources that didn't really belong to the classical genre. Yet because of that, he was so original and ended up influencing the very course of classicism itself. Uh, something parallel to that in terms of Pessoa's uh, importing uh, many different kinds of genres from different moments in Western literature and changing their fundamental nature. That's what I mean by the adverse mm -hmm. genres. And can you give an explanation as to why he would do that? Uh, yes. His, his devotion to his literary project was total. Uh, and he had the idea also, uh, not unusual in literary modernism, that he wanted to be a universal writer. Mm -hmm. In fact, he didn't want to be that just by writing many different kinds of works. He wanted to write whole literatures, or an entire literature, as he put it. Uh, so his uh, um, dispersing, dispersing of his work into many different heteronyms and the, the very uh, uh, diverse nature of it, uh, I think is aimed at producing an entire literature. Mm -hmm. Okay, and let's talk a little bit about your research. How did you um, go about gathering the data for your book? Uh, since this book is mostly uh, an interpretation, mm -hmm. uh, the answers are very simple. At Sterling Memorial Library, okay. uh, the, the uh, Borough Direct Interlibrary Loan and the Beinecke, um, of course, I had to uh, try to get acquainted with a very, very large bibliography on the works of Pessoa, uh, particularly works that might bear on my own. Uh, and uh, uh, the number of publications, the bibliography is really immense on Pessoa. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, then I um, needed to uh, find uh, several uh, books that, that we might not have had in the library and so forth, but it was all mostly printed resources. Uh, this book doesn't rely on any kind of uh, archival work. It's okay. a pretty straight interpretation. Mm -hmm. In your book, you state that Pessoa is Portugal's greatest poet and one of the most prominent figures in European modernism. How so? Um, certainly in terms of Portuguese literature, Pessoa's uh, importance is uh, undeniable mm -hmm. uh, because of the great interest in his works. I often tell my students that if Portugal could change the country's name to something else, they'd change it to Pessoa. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way, because Pessoa uh, wrote in and represented, because of the division of his work, uh, all of the major directions of literary modernism that we find in many of the other literatures. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, erasure of the author, the multiplication of personality, uh, the difference between biography and works, uh, all of those features and many others uh, we find in Pessoa's works, uh, such that um, it's a never-ending source of interest for, for his readers. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other interesting thing about Pessoa is that he published relatively little during his lifetime, and he left 25,000 sheets of manuscript paper in a wooden trunk uh, that was uh, found after his death, uh, and which is now in the National Library of Portugal, and there are teams of researchers uh, going through these 25,000 pages to try to decide uh, in what order and uh, where all of this belongs in terms of Pessoa's work. So he was able to project his work as it were beyond the grave uh, so that people are still trying to put together uh, and discover uh, exactly what he wrote and what it meant. Mm -hmm. Do you have any plans uh, yourself to um, read through those papers if they become available? I think it would be very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so far I've just read what other people have to say mm -hmm. about the papers. Uh, his handwriting was enormously difficult to decipher and so the uh, experts who've devoted many years uh, to it, I think I'm going to leave most of it to them, but it would be uh, really fascinating to see some of his uh, manuscript sheets in the future. I bet it would. Okay, final question. What, um, what was one of the most surprising things you found in doing the research for the book? I think I gained an appreciation that I had never seen before in spite of teaching Pessoa, of the depth of his imagination and of the um, uh, deep significance 
of the many uh, different ways in which he wrote, uh, and in fact found that he had written, uh, to, in my opinion, at least three or four of some of the greatest works of 20th century modernism. Wow. Um, there were other very interesting details. I found out that his um, quatrains of popular verse, he wrote hundreds of them mm -hmm. in a typical Portuguese style, had been translated to English uh, by a professor named Philip Cumrich uh, of Moreland State University. So I was able to get in touch with Professor Cumrich and get his permission to use some of his very clever translations mm -hmm. in my book. Uh, and I also uh, was interested to find out uh, the depth of Pessoa's influence from other uh, lesser known works. Um, his play, The Mariner, uh, which is a play in which there's no action whatsoever, is based on theories of static theater that come from Metterlink, Maurice, Maurice Metterlink, who was a Belgian playwright and author. Uh, and in the Book of Disquietude of Pessoa, he mentions a Swiss um, a memorialist named Amiel, uh, Henri Frédéric Amiel. Mm -hmm. And I was able to find his intimate journal, his journaling team, in dozens of volumes uh, and trace the origins of a lot of Portuguese, uh, a lot of uh, Pessoa's lines uh, in his Book of Disquietude to Amiel's journal. Uh, so this kind of uh, literary correspondence uh, was revealing and I think was one of the surprising features of the research I did for the book. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us here thank today. Thank you for your invitation. Okay. A pleasure to talk with you. For more information about Professor Jackson and his work, please visit our website at yale.edu backslash Macmillan Report. Be sure to join us again for another episode of the Macmillan Report, made possible through funding from the Whitney and Betty Macmillan Center for International and Area Studies at Yale.